Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. Today, we're recording a solo episode, just us two vibing out on some things that we've been thinking about. And we just wanted to kind of open up this conversation and connect with you guys and share the things that we've been experiencing. Um, so, you know, before we jump into our topic, Shayna and I have been kind of taking this a little bit of a break because we've been working so hard doing readings and being super, super busy. And, you know, we're feeling this feeling of like, it's winter, it's time to kind of like reevaluate where are we wanting to grow to next with Day Luna? Where are we wanting to expand to next? So we took a little bit of time off and we had this kind of new stuff to work on together. And it's just so funny how you know, being best friends and owning this business together and it being such a soul entrepreneurship kind of energy that we have. It's this constant, like feeling like there's this mission that's fueling us. We're wanting to work, work, work. And then sometimes we kind of get this like little sign from the universe of like, but don't forget to nourish your friendship. Don't forget to just play and to enjoy life. And so sometimes just spend time together. It doesn't always have to be about work. It doesn't always have to be about forward progress. So we've also been kind of um, enjoying that time. And like lots of little signs from the universe have been giving us this big permission slip, like just hang out, just be together, just have an interesting conversation. Like that is also really valuable. Yeah, literally last week was it? My yeah. gosh, it feels like feels it's like been two months, hundred years ago. Yeah, <laughs> last week Dana um, came up to, or yeah, came up to get a bunch of work stuff done, um, and we had a whole week together. And literally the day she arrived, we just kind of like chilled and relaxed. And then next day was when it was super freaking windy and. Um, here in California, and we had a power outage for 24 hours straight, where literally no internet, no light, no fridge, no hot water, no stove, nothing <laughs> for 24 hours. And it was like, cool. So I guess we're just gonna like light candles and talk for a whole day straight and just hang out. And I think that, I mean, obviously, you know, when that happened, we both kind of took the sign of like, okay, the universe is telling us to chill the fuck out and just mm-hmm. like be present and just allow this and not get all anxious of like, oh, well now like you're going to have to stay longer. And then is that going to be okay? And like, we're not getting as much stuff done and blah, blah, blah. Because normally when we're together, we're trying to utilize the time um, really efficiently. And I think mm-hmm. that that's because when we're together, we make a man gen. Mm-hmm. Our make this generator. Yeah, this manifesting generator. So it's like we are freaking every time we're together, we're like freaking go, go, go. What's next? Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's create. Let's channel. Let's like expand. And it's hard to s- slow down and turn that off. And like a man, Jen, you know, it's important to slow down and mm-hmm. to focus on what's actually in front of you. And so it's this interesting balance, I think, of 
when we are separate, um, you know, honoring what our energy is telling us, living our designs as individuals Mm -hmm. and really listening to the seasons of what our body's telling us is needed. And then also when we're together, really honoring what our energy and, um, that energy that we feel that like kind of boost together as well. It's mm-hmm. this constant balance between the two and knowing like one can't thrive without the other. And and they're, they're both really, really important. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of like, when's the last time you allowed yourself to just talk all night and to not be like, this talking has to be productive. This talking has to be about brainstorming for our future. Like, can you just nourish those friendships? Can you just allow the seasons to be there um, and know that playing and, and hanging out is one of the most profound and beautiful parts of life. Like that's so simple when you're young and you just do that naturally. But then at some point in your life, especially when you're in your Dharma, especially when you own your own business, it's like that can kind of take over. And um, I guess, you know, we just really were feeling called to celebrate that, that work-life balance. So now this week, we're showing up with this like whole new flow and like enthusiasm. And we kind of wanted to share in this episode today, just a fun, interesting, cool conversation and include you guys into that. So what we wanted to talk about is something that we think about a lot and we talk about a lot in our personal lives. And that is, is human design even real? Is it real or is it fake? Um, Is it true? Is it not true? You know, this is something that people ask us a lot. So Shana and I, you know, living our, our design every single day, human design is just our absolute capital T truth. Like it's the thing that we see the world through. It's our business. It's the thing that we help people with. It's a huge part of our Dharma. So for us, you know, human design is just life and we talk about it like it's life. We, we accept it like it's life. Um, we've, we've seen it play out in so many ways in our life to where it's just like, this is so true. Um, however, you know, we have our partners and our other friends and people we come across and they're like, wait, you guys do human design. Like, is that even real? And what is it? And how does it work? And so, you know, we kind of come across a lot, this idea of people feeling skeptical about human design and being like, but how does it work? And why does it work? And honestly, we love that. We think it's so, so, so important for people to be asking these questions and to not take things on and accept them as truth because someone else told you it's true, but to really experience it for yourself. So we wanted to kind of dive into this conversation of is human design real? And right from the very top, um, we really like to say to people when they ask us, is human design real? You know, when skeptical people or new people or even new clients ask us that question, we like to say that asking if it's real is actually the wrong question. And instead, what we like to encourage people to ask is, is human design helpful for you or not? Is human design meaningful for you or not? Because Asking if something is real is really kind of a question that in the new paradigm, especially, it doesn't have validity anymore. Reality is something that is completely different from different perspectives, from different angles, from different unique individual perceptions. So asking if human design is real is really like kind of a false question that that we can leave in the old paradigm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's important to, you know, ask yourself this question of, you know, if you're coming to human design and maybe your friends or family are talking about it, or you've just listened to a few episodes of this podcast, or you've gotten a little bit curious, it's not saying like, okay, where's the hard facts? Where's the proof? Um, I mean, and that, that stuff is there, but it's more about, does this information bring meaning to my life, to my life, not to my friends and family's life or to other people's lives? Because again, like Dana said, it's all about your perception, um, coloring that truth. So to you as an individual, does this bring meaning? Um, and really feeling that for yourself. It's really, you know, the old paradigm really tells us that only experts can tell you if something's true or not. That only as an outside authority or an outside figure can tell you, you know, what's right and what's wrong or if you're healthy or if you're sick or if you're crazy or if you're sane or, you know, where's that proof? Um, you have to go to a scientist. You have to go to a doctor. You have to go to an expert. And really this new paradigm, this this energy that we're moving into is all about being completely empowered as yourself to feel for yourself your truth mm-hmm. and to honor it and to trust yourself. So human yeah. design obviously is an amazing tool because it can tell you what your inner authority is, how to make decisions, how to you know use your strategy to operate in the world. It's, it makes things make sense to your mind, right. right? But you don't need that because you can just feel in your body for yourself, if you're really tuning into what you, your essence is saying, mm-hmm. then you can feel your truth that way as well. Yeah. And I love human design because um, Ra Aruhu, the founder of human design, the person who um, downloaded this entire system, he even used to say, I'm not saying that this is real. I'm saying that this is an experiment and I encourage you to try it for yourself and to experiment with it. And then for you to say, did this help you? Does this feel meaningful for you? And so that's what Shana and I did when we first came across human design. It's like, okay, let me experiment with this. Let me feel it for myself. And in that process of experimenting, I felt this huge shift within me of like, for the first time in my life, I'm really beginning to trust myself and know who I am and really feel like I'm enough. I'm, I stopped comparing myself to other people. I stopped feeling jealous of other people. And I really started to kind of tune into this is my energy. This is how I work. And it all felt so right. It all felt so true, so resonant. And it made me feel more confident in who I was. Um, it made me feel like I could take refuge in my own energy. And it made me feel like I knew what I cared about. I knew what I um, was fascinated by. And through that process, I eventually really found, you know, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to help people. And, you know, going down that path, living my design, it made me feel like I could be of service in a way that felt right to me. And I felt proud of myself and I felt successful for doing that. So all of that stuff that I felt, that was meaning. That was telling me, human design, this system, it's meaningful for me. It brings me closer to loving myself, to trusting myself. It makes me have a better quality of life. It helps me to be able to serve the collective with clarity and with love. Um, It only brought high vibrational qualities into my life. It only felt right. There was no part of it that ever felt wrong. So that's where I could say for myself as an individual, this is meaningful for me. 
this is helpful for me. And so human design is in quotes real, right? So that's kind of the the process that we encourage everyone listening to go on within yourself. And if you discover, you know, this doesn't work for me and it made me feel less of myself or it made me feel kind of weird or held back or off or it made me feel dis- disconnected, that's totally fine. That's your truth. It's not meaningful for you. And that means it doesn't need to be a part of your life. Like you are the person who has the power to say, do I want to incorporate this into the way that I see the world? Does it feel right for me or not? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, we interview so many people on so many different topics and there's so many modalities out there that can bring a lot of meaning to your life and can, you know, ring resonant as truth for you. And so I think another thing people come to is like, you know, well, if human design is real and it's true, then how can, you know, this archetypal system be true for me as well? And how can this way of healing or releasing conditioning really help me if I'm not using human design to decondition? And it's again, all about what, what feels meaningful for you. Experiment with it. Try it. If it helps you, amazing. The one thing that I love about human design is that it is so insanely specific and it doesn't just tell you, you know, uh, ask yourself these questions and then you're going to find your, your Dharma. You're going to find your truth. You're going to find your purpose. It also tells you, you know, ask yourself these questions, do these practices, um, make decisions in this way. And, this for you specifically with all of your gifts, this is your life purpose. And the the craziest thing for us is being, you know, bearing witness to hundreds of people and seeing that it's so insanely resonant for each individual and that it's so insanely specific, but yet every single individual is like, holy shit, I've never felt like I've never been reflected back to in a way that rings so true for me. Yeah. And so that's why we love human design so much and why a lot of people, you know, when they really start experimenting with it, they love human design so much. But that doesn't mean that I don't experiment with other archetypal systems. It doesn't yeah. mean that I take on other ways of deconditioning and mm-hmm. and truth um, or finding my truth. It just means that when I find something meaningful, I want to dive into it and I want to mm-hmm. explore it because I've seen how when I do th- allow myself to do that with human design or with anything else, how much further, how much depth it brings me in my yeah. life and how much healing and, and transformation it brings as well. That's beautiful. I love that. So true. And, um, you know, kind of going back to this, this concept of like, is this real or is this not real? Because human design, as you guys know, has a really pretty far out there origin. You know, Ra Aruhu was like in this meditation and he was able to channel, you know, suddenly without really trying to, was able to channel this higher consciousness that he called the voice. And the voice kind of worked through his body to show him these different ancient modalities that have been around for thousands of years, the way that they come together. And he was able to just see and understand and know the body graph and all of the complexities of it, the way that all of the different gates, which come from the I Ching fit in perfectly with astrology, with Western astrology and how that fits in with our different chakra centers. Like all of that stuff kind of came together from him for him um, through channeling, through this kind of experience that a lot of people question. A lot of people are like, 
that can't be real. You know, it, it, it can't be real. And when you listen back to stuff from Ra Ruhu, you know, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast because obviously we love him. We're so grateful for the fact that he channeled this incredibly powerful and transformational modality into this world. But he was a pretty interesting, crazy person. Like the way that he communicates, even like he's so like aggressive and harsh and kind of yeah. strange and in another way, super charismatic um, and someone that you do kind of feel like you want to listen to. But I've heard him say in, in recordings and stuff that he really questioned himself when he downloaded human design and he felt like scared to put it out into the world because he knew that people were going to think it was crazy. And he knew that people weren't going to think it was valid because of the origin, because of the fact that he downloaded it downloaded this information instead of creating it himself. So he even, you know, told people, I wish I was just sitting in my office and put these modalities together and figure this out on myself, because that would be an easier story for me to tell people, but it's not what happened. What happened was all at once I was given this stream of consciousness. It poured through me and I created this system through that download. And so, you know, just right then and there, there's this, this, question of like people being able to receive that and, and accept that. And it's funny because human design is so practical. Like there's real life applications, super grounded. Um, so I've also heard other like human design readers and stuff say, I love human design because it's so practical, but I'm not into the woo woo side of it or the spiritual side of it. And it's like, well, that's the origin of it. Like that's where all of this came from. So it's totally fine to each his own of like, I like the practical side of this, but I don't want to pay attention to the spiritual origins. Um, I think that that's okay to say for sure, because it it's your own journey. Um, but, you know, just kind of knowing from the core of this, it's, can you be open enough to experiment with it? Can you be open enough to realize that there's parts of this world that are unseen, but that are absolutely real? And can you be open to the fact that as we expand and evolve as a humanity, we are coming further and further into our spiritual truth and awareness. We are awakening to the fact that this reality that we've been seeing, this 3D realm, is not all that there is. Not hardly. It's the smallest smallest like fraction of what is actually real in the universe. So, you know, with our collective conditioning that we have right now in this time, um, there's this huge conditioning of like a fear of being wrong. And we've had this very mental masculine paradigm that we've been in where it's like, okay, we're all going to agree here that something is either right or it's wrong. And, you know, your, our mind and our ego kind of feeds off of that energy. Um, not ego, like your ego heart center, but really talking about your conditioned mind, that kind of monkey mind that pulls you away from your intuition or being connected to your body and really feeds off of that fear conditioning, wanting to kind of fit in, wanting to thrive off of expectations of other people, that side of us, that mind, that ego is constantly saying, I want to be right. And I don't want to be wrong. It's scary to be wrong. And so I don't want to be open to these kind of out there, crazy, exciting truths or, you know, spiritual ideas that seem too woo woo, that seem too crazy. Because what if I believe in this thing? And then I find out later that I'm wrong. And that conditioned fear is so real in most people that we end up closing ourselves off to experiencing our own intuition, to experiencing, you know, manifestation, to experiencing 
any of the unseen things in this world that are absolutely real, that are forces that completely um, control the way that the world actually works, we're so afraid of seeing that stuff because we're afraid of being wrong. And when we close ourselves off to being open and to experimenting with things and to trying something new, even though it sounds a little bit scary and crazy, when we close ourselves off to that, we really close ourselves off to expansion and to personal evolution. Um, you know, having this, is this true or false? Is this fact or fiction? Is this right or wrong? These conditioned concepts, um, they really don't go well. They, they completely inhibit this expansion, this awakening, this growth that we're going on. And, you know, the remedy to that is really being open, being open to experiencing things that, that before we weren't aware of. And I think like a huge part of that conditioning of, is this right or wrong? I'm afraid to be wrong. There's only one answer that's correct here. A lot of that comes from like the scientific method and the way that science has developed in our Western civilization. It's so much based on, you know, we're going to ask a question, we're going to form a hypothesis, and then we're going to test this thing until we find an unmistakable, this is right or this is wrong. It has to be something that we can physically see or that we can hear with our our ears, our five senses, and other people have to agree that it's real in order for this thing to be fact or fiction. And that form of science developed our, our collective so much in the last few thousand years. Like we've learned so much about the way the stars work, the way the plants work, the way biology works and chemistry works. Um, even understanding now quantum physics and understanding energy and frequencies and things like that. Science has come so far, but it's also extremely limited and old paradigm and masculine in its way of saying, okay, there's only one truth. There's only one right or wrong. And, you know, people work their whole lives to kind of weed out every other possibility and really close in onto this one truth or one false falsity. And I think that that's something that we're kind of moving away from and healing from. And that can be super scary for people because we're so used to believing like, is this fact or fiction science will say, and now we're kind of realizing it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, we're going to do a whole episode on the paradigm that we've been in now and, and what the new paradigm really means with human design and what we can expect and all of that stuff. But you know, this current paradigm, the last 400 years that we've been in has been about creating structure and, um, you know, building foundations and creating community and, and, you know, having these scientific methods to really, um, support us and to build that foundation for us of, you know, what is true. Right. Um, and then this new paradigm that we're moving into is all about becoming our own authorities and feeling what is true for ourselves and and being more of a emotionally and spiritually connected being than a you know science like based structured being true or false right so you know i think that a lot of the the quantum um mechanics and like that whole side of like even you know with science and you know, theories around parallel universes and, you know, not, you know, parallel even dimensions. All of that, I think, has been kind of slowly cracking the door open for mm -hmm. our society as a whole, our humanity as a whole, um, to, to kind of open our minds to even realizing that there's so much out there that we don't know. 
right? Mm-hmm. And that there's so much out there that we can't even try to know. So yeah. how can we limit our, like we are unlimited basically with what we can know because there's so much out there that we can't even know. So I think just naturally, especially through the use of, you know, modern technology like movies or, you know, social media or anything that allows us to connect with multiple different ways of thinking and seeing things and learning things um, is really been a huge, huge, huge fast track for us with opening our minds to the unknowable and Mm -hmm. opening our minds to the fact of, you know, there might be multiple truths and there's mm-hmm. not just one truth for everyone, but that we all can have many, many, many different truths. And like that amount of openness and expansion just brings in like this whole thing that you can't even conceptualize. You can't even understand or plan for or prepare for or whatever. Like it's, it's unknowable. So mm-hmm. I think like, you know, um, I've always been a huge fan of science fiction, as mm-hmm. you know, Dina. Yes. <laughs> always been a huge sci fi nerd. Dina is the biggest Star Trek nerd, which I've never <laughs> even met a Star Trek nerd before I met Shayna. And she was like, Yeah, I love Star Trek, and so does my whole family. And I was like, Excuse me? Like, I've never even watched Star Trek, but you've seen every, every episode. Yeah. Yeah. And Star <laughs> Wars, and Avatar, and The Matrix, and like literally every freaking sci fi movie ever. And I think a lot of that's because of my dad. My dad was super into science fiction. And I think because it it is this this feeling of anything is possible. And, you know, it's this creativity in the fact of like just things that you couldn't even fathom before. Like these ideas that just are totally out there and when you watch those movies it's like yeah of course like duh yeah <laughs> like no that didn't work because he wasn't using the force and like blah 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 and you have all these <laughs> things in your mind of like you now completely jumped into this um this avatar if you will of understanding mm-hmm. and i think we once watched um avatar together recently mm-hmm. actually and can you explain, because you freaking blew my mind, <laughs> this whole concept of like movies allow you to be an avatar. Yeah. So we were watching Avatar, which has been Shana and I, one of our favorite movies for a long time. We've seen it like a hundred times, but we were watching it more recently. And um, we watched this like YouTube video about the phrase avatar and like the word avatar and what it means. And, you know, James Cameron, who created avatar, he's had this vision of creating avatar since he was like 12 years old or 14 years old or something. It's been an idea that's been in the back of his mind, something that he's wanting to share and create with the world. And, you know, this whole concept of in the movie, these people are living through another person's body and able to experience a world that's different than their own through this other perception, right? Through this avatar that they're able to um, transcend the limitations of their world and experience a different world. So James Cameron was kind of talking about this idea of an avatar. And when you watch a movie, you are literally becoming that character. Your consciousness is able to connect with their reality and you're able to experience what that character is able to experience in their world. So anytime you're watching a movie, 
you're kind of lending your consciousness to this character. That character is becoming your avatar and you're able to experience a whole different world, a whole different perception of reality. And that's a really powerful thing. So, you know, we talk about movies a lot. We're, we're super into movies and TV shows because they help you kind of release your singular perception of the world. Like this is how the world is from Dana's viewpoint. But when you watch a movie, when you become a different character, your consciousness is expanding because you're seeing a completely different version of reality. So in these science fiction movies, um, you know, where they're able to, you know, time travel and they're able to go to different dimensions and there's aliens and things like that. Um, we're able to like allow ourselves to go there because we're like, oh, it's fiction, right? So it's safe for me to allow myself to be this character, to see through their eyes, to have this avatar that's showing me a world that is not possible from my reality, from my level of existence here on earth. And that feels really safe and normal to us. Um, And we think that that's really positive because allowing yourself to just suspend your disbelief for just a moment and see something that is extraordinary. See something that is actually probably a lot closer to the highest truth in the universe than our limited perception in this 3D realm. So Ra Ruhu even, he talked about science fiction a lot and he said that he loves it because it is something that allows people to open up And to not feel like, okay, I have to feel right off the bat that this is 100% true in order for me to entertain this idea. Once you think of something through the lens of it being science fiction, it's like, okay, I'm willing to just entertain this. I'm willing to see. And that openness allows you to expand, allows your intuition to grow, allows you to awaken spiritually to higher truths that you were closed off to when you're living in this like matrix of conditioning of science of only the only things are real that are real are the things that you can see and taste and touch. Um, And it's interesting because, you know, I, this last even 10 years or the last 20 years have really fast tracked us on this way to the new paradigm, if you will. Um, I I said that in quotes Um, because, (laughs) because, you know, social media and Netflix and Hulu and all these streaming services that allow you to connect with all of these many, many different um, perspectives and perceptions and ideas. Um, It's freaking unlimited now. Like literally every time I go on to Netflix, there's like 500 new things that I'm like, when will it ever end? And it won't. And that's I mean, it's overwhelming as shit because it's like, what do I watch? Actually, all I did tonight was watch previews and <laughs> never settled on anything. Um, but it's also just kind of um, been a huge ushering in of allowing multiple truths to exist at once because we've never had more access to information, mm-hmm. to knowledge, to perspectives, to communicating with people as we have right now. Um, yeah. It's freaking insane. Like I, I talk about this. I've talked about this a bunch with my friends, but um, it, at Disney World at Epcot Center, there's a ride that like takes you through all of the different ways that um, like communication has really um, helped our society and helped uh, our humanity grow and really um, expand to being unlimited or limitless, I should say. And it's all tied to communication. Like before paper was invented, you know, it was all, all, everything was told through spoken word and through storytelling in 
in person. And then paper was created and we could write these things down, but then they had to be taken, you know, in by a person or on horse or, you know, some way they had to be taken to other towns and to other, you know, locations for people to be able to communicate and hear stories in between um, towns, basically, um, or tribes. And, and then after, you know, paper was then created to be um, like printed and you can print off multiple copies of something, then it could spread even further to even more people, even though it's still going in person. And then, you know, with the creation of the mailing system and being able to mail a letter. um, And then of course, you know, having telephones and being able to just call someone and freaking communicate directly over the phone. And then of course the internet. And then as the internet's been growing, like the way that we have been able to communicate has been exponential and it's just more and more and more and more. And now we're in this age of like the freaking president can get on Twitter and communicate with (laughs) millions of people and he doesn't even need a press conference anymore. And who's to say that, you know, the president's more powerful than a tech giant. And like, you know, it's, it's freaking crazy Mm -hmm. and, Sane and who's to say what's right or wrong? Like that's really the dilemma, the mm-hmm. the big question that we are freaking facing as a humanity right now mm-hmm. is who's to say what's right or wrong, and that's because there isn't a right or wrong with anything. There's multiple different perspectives. So how do we function as a society? How do we function as a community? And the whole last four hundred years have been about creating this community, creating our countries, creating our churches and having this sense of community. So how do we move forward in this new paradigm that we are freaking in and going in, in a way that, you know, serves all of the millions of different facets of truth. Yeah. From each individual perspective, each person has their own reality that they're perceiving. Each person has their own um, dimension of thought. And it's like, how do we reconcile us all being individuals, being allowed to have our own perceptions, being allowed to have our own truths, our own meaning, um, and still function as a a total collective in harmony. And, uh, you know, it's interesting as you're talking about the, uh, the technological advancements with communication. Thinking about the internet, if you told someone about the internet, you know, 2000 years ago, you told them, yeah, we're going to have this thing called the internet and people will be able to see each other's faces no matter where they are and like kind of like time travel, like you're able to be able to say your voice and thousands and thousands of people are able to hear you. That would sound insane. Like that would sound like complete science fiction. Like they wouldn't even believe you, but it is here and it's happened and it's kind of bringing us closer and closer to understanding these higher truths that time is not linear and that, you know, we are able to be connected on higher dimensions and higher thought planes with people that are on the other side of the world. We're able to feel those people, people, our consciousness is able to connect with their consciousness and have this, this sense of oneness. Um, All of that stuff, like technology is really pointing to it and showing us where we're headed as far as our spiritual evolvement. Yeah. And I mean, the, the answer to that question of like, how do we create something or how do we build something that allows us to, um, you know, honor all these multiple different millions of facets of truth that, that we all have and all experience is 
coming back to your own inner authority of does this bring meaning for me? Is this helpful for me? What what is my truth? What is my body telling me is right for me in this moment? Using your authority, like human design, I think is the biggest gift in that it tells you your authority and making decisions in that way. It's like so insanely empowering. So obviously that's not the one answer because there's fucking millions of truths out there, (laughs) millions of answers. But um, going inward in this way and finding what's meaningful for you, that's going to be what guides you through this ever-changing paradigm and dimension that we're going to be, that we are going into right now. I mean, 2020, we talked about this before, that's seven years before 2027. And this whole seven years is going to be really transformational and really enlightening and, and really kind of open our eyes to all of these different truths. And how do we navigate that? And human design is saying, you know, with your with your strategy and authority. And through my own personal experience, it's with my strategy and authority. Um, So it's like experiment with it for yourself and see if this is something that's really helpful. But I think that that's also why human design is coming so, it's becoming so much more prevalent now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, Because we're getting so much closer to that tipping point of having this new paradigm of thought, being in a new dimension of thought. And, um, you know, it's interesting because human design, what we're talking about in your human design chart is your energy, your energetic body. And that, of course, is invisible to the naked eye, right? And we are so used to, in this 3D realm, with our conditioning, as far as we've advanced to this point, our level of consciousness to this point, we're so used to saying the only things that are real are things that I can see. So even in human design, we're talking about your chakras. We're talking about um, your energetic gifts. These are all kind of ethereal, higher dimensional things that you can't see with your physical eyes. So right then and there, there's kind of this this understanding that some people are maybe not going to be open to human design because they're so stuck in what is real is what I can see. And then there are so many of us that are awakening and realizing what I can see is just a small, small, small fraction of what is real. There are all of these other things that are happening in the universe, energies, frequencies that I cannot see with my eyes, but that are absolutely real. And the way that I know that they're real is because I can feel them, right? Like it moves me from within to be able to connect these ideas. They resonate that we talk about that word a lot resonating. And you know, that feeling when something resonates within you, it's just like every cell in your body, all of the energy within your body feels good. It feels light. It feels flowing. It feels like love versus something that doesn't resonate with you. It feels like friction. It feels like it's rubbing you the wrong way. It feels off. It feels heavy. So, you know, connecting with these higher planes of reality, connecting with things besides our five physical senses. It's all about that checking in with your body. Does this resonate with me as truth? And so just kind of diving into this 3D realm that we are all living in, you know, it's really based off of what's real and what's fake with the scientific method. It's all based off of our five physical senses, you know, something that we can see, something that we can smell, something that we can taste, something we can touch, something we can hear. If it's not one of those five things, then we think it's not real. And, you know, 
we're science is advancing past that. You know, we are really starting to see um, as science even evolves that, you know, everything that we see that we think is actually physical, like a physical table in front of us, that's actually actually an illusion. You know, that table is 1% matter and it's 99% vibration. So this thing that appears solid because we can touch it, we can see it, um, that is even an illusion. So understanding that your five physical senses are amazing. They help you navigate this world. It's incredible, but they are still kind of showing you this illusion of reality and understanding that is something that can really kind of lift you out of this being closed off to expanding, being closed off to, to perceiving higher spiritual truths. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things recently, like current as fuck is (laughs) with the stock market, like with GameStop and this whole fiasco that's happening. And I don't even want to call it a fiasco because I think it's freaking awesome, but it's, it's awakening us. It's opening our eyes to the fact that the stock market's not real. Like money. And, you know, I think that people are like, yeah, no, it's not, it's bullshit or it's great or whatever. It doesn't matter what you think really, but it's like this stock market that has been the, the crux of our society of like, are we, you know, is our economy working and is our, you know, country doing well? Like what are the stock markets doing? And the fact that, you know, a Reddit, a subreddit on Reddit, that, wow, that was redundant. <laughs> the fact that a subreddit group can completely manipulate the stock market is what people have been doing and experts, experts, I put that in quotes, have been doing for years and years and years. But technology and communication is now allowing us to say, you know, this is wrong. Let's all buy a bunch of stock here. And now it's going to become valuable and we can make a bunch of money off of it. And and the fact that that was able to happen in a matter of days with the stock market is really showing everyone, you know, it has nothing to do with the value of that company if if the stocks are doing well or not. It's really just are people interested in it right now and they think it's going to be valuable and are other people thinking it's going to be valuable so then it is valuable but then if they stop thinking it's valuable then it's not valuable anymore and all of these things are just numbers on a freaking screen they're Mm -hmm. not actually anything physical it's not even real yet it's the crux of our like meter of are we doing well or not and it's all based on people's perceptions it's all based on people's you know what the the collective or the the large majority thinks is valuable and that can change in an instant. It can change in a second and then numbers on a screen move and suddenly something else has more value and yeah. none of it's real. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this, you know, the fact that people can say, you know, it's shitty to short stop the the market or short stop short sell or whatever the fuck it's called they it's shitty to do that because you're profiting off of somebody's loss or somebody's um hardship so let's all collectively go in and buy a bunch of stuff and now we've manipulated it and we can make a bunch of money like that's freaking cool. It's kind of yeah. like Robin Hood, like you said, we were talking about this earlier. It's like Robin Hood, where like yeah. you freaking, but it's also super 5D as shit, Robin yeah. Hood. Seeing like, through the matrix. Yeah. And, like and none of it's real. Way. Yeah. And it's interesting because 
our collective conditioning, our entire Western civilization is built off of finances and the economy. And everyone is like, money is this like super real thing. Either you have it or you don't. And in a certain way on the 3D plane from the third dimension, that's absolutely true. Like either you have the money for rent or you don't. Either you have the money to buy food or you don't. But from a higher plane of consciousness, from a higher perception, that reality is completely different. Money is just energy and you are able to manipulate it. You're able to change it literally effortlessly within minutes, right? If you have the right amount of consciousness, if you have the technology and the advancements to allow that. So it just kind of shows us that, you know, when we say money is energy, everything is energy. I'm energy, your energy. Um, we're really talking about seeing that from that higher perspective. And, you know, that physical, that physical version is still there. Once you've raised up to the 5d, you're still able to see the 3d. It's just, you can see the layers of like, from this level, this is true and that's false. But from this other level, it's a completely different story. Yeah. And it's not to say that, you know, oh, everyone in that subreddit, it's like, so 5d and like, (laughs) they, they gamed the system and, and they showed us that it's all just bullshit, you know, I mean, they did show us that it was all bullshit, but it it doesn't mean that they're like so enlightened. And that's why, you know, some guy invested $50,000 in in, uh, GameStop stocks during this whole thing and turned it into $14 million. And like what that shows us is that um, the idea that the very conditioned idea that you have to work hard for years and years and years to build something that can then make a bunch of money or you have to you know, get all the degrees in the world to then know how to be a lawyer and be a doctor. And like, that's the only way that you can make money and be successful. Like all of that conditioned shit is being shown blatantly to us. Like, no, you can be in the right place at the right time in a Reddit group. And then you're like, oh shit, I have the money here. I'm going to invest in this. And boom, two days later, you have $14 million. Like, it's just showing you that anything is freaking possible. And mm-hmm. if you try to limit yourself to no, that's not true for me. Like, yeah, that sounds like rainbows and butterflies, but that's not reality. Then that's your reality. And right. that's that's totally your journey to go on. Yeah. Um, but if you can crack yourself open with that kind of perspective of watching a sci-fi movie of like, mm-hmm. you know what? Anything's possible. And I'm going to listen to my truth. I'm going to hone into my meaning and really feel what, my body is telling me to do using your authority. If, if you've come to human design, mm-hmm. um, then you can be in the right place at the right time that, you know, you've been open to just shit working out for you. And yeah. that's your reality. Shit just works out for you. So I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the fact that, um, this has been shown to millions of people that mm-hmm. this, is it real and that, you know, anybody can make it work in their favor. And also it's showing us to question things like, yeah. no, just because I don't understand stocks, which I don't understand shit about stocks. Um, <laughs> Me either. But, um, cause I know probably someone listening does and they're like, these bitches just <laughs> the shit out of that explanation because we did. I mean, go Google that shit to know what happened because I, I could try to explain it, but I can't, Um, (laughs) but it's, it's knowing like, you don't have to know a bunch about anything Mm -hmm. to be able to use it, to be able to Mm -hmm. master it, to be able to freaking integrate it into your life. Yeah. And it, that everything we've been talking about, it really personifies this, this idea, this truth that 
we create our own reality, right? We see what we believe we're going to see. And our belief system about what's possible, what's not possible, what's real, what's not real, it really defines what happens to us. It defines what our reality is. And having awareness of that, knowing, okay, I create my own reality. The limiting beliefs that I have are the things that are going to limit that reality. If I can release those and be open to new possibilities, then I'm expanding my reality. I'm able to raise my consciousness. I'm able to see new things that I wasn't able to see before. Things that are unseen, you know, things that I can only feel but can't perceive with my five physical senses. That really is going to help us in our spiritual evolution. So that feeling of like, I don't need to be right. My goal is to be open. My goal is to release limiting beliefs. My goal is to release conditioning and just allow myself to be expansive and more connected to the limitless and the divine. Um, that's something that really is powerful and is going to move us forward and help us um, evolve as a, as a humanity in a positive way. And, you know, kind of on that same note of talking about reality and and the way that we create our reality. I really wanted to share with you guys this Deepak Chopra quote because um, I just love the way that he kind of uses these scientific terms to really spell it out for you and help you understand that you are creating your reality with your five physical senses, but there's a way to expand past that and to open yourself up to higher truths and to be able to understand and feel things that are beyond your five physical senses. So the quote goes like this. Um, he says, you know, what we call everyday reality is a projection of consciousness. In reality, there are no such things as colors or sounds or textures or tastes or smells. The real world is a radically ambiguous and ceaseless flowing quantum soup. It's a fluctuation of energy and information in an infinite void. The sky that an insect sees is not the same sky that you and I see, although an insect can sense honey from a distance. A honeybee experiences ultraviolet radiation. So when a honeybee looks at a flower, it doesn't see the flower in the same way that you and I see. A snake experiences infrared radiation. A bat experiences the echo of ultrasound. A chameleon's eyeballs swivel on two different axes. So you can't even remotely imagine what this would look like to a chameleon. I have no idea what it looks like, you know? So what is reality? And the answer is, there's no such thing. And that quote is like, I want to share it with everyone because I think it's so, I think it's so powerful to kind of understand yeah. that these things that were like, this is real and this is not real. All of that is bullshit. All of that is an illusion. All of that is coming from your perception and your limited per, per, uh, perception with your five physical senses. Yeah. I think, you know, in the beginning, how you said people asking the question of, is this true? Is it false? Is it real? Um, I don't want to say it's the wrong question because there is no right or wrong, but I want to say that it's not the appropriate question mm -hmm. because, because there is no such thing mm -hmm. as, as right or wrong or real mm -hmm. or truth or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just about what you feel. So, um, I am like excited for this mm -hmm. feeling of expansion and, mm -hmm. you know, if you've made it through this whole episode of, of ramblings and <laughs> craziness, um, I just want to encourage you to know and to embody this personal experience 
of expansion mm-hmm. and begin to awaken to higher truths that you didn't necessarily believe in before. And mm-hmm. that doesn't need to look like, okay, from here on out, I'm just open and anything's possible. And I am totally like, you know, you might have a defined mind and that's not what you're here to do. Um, you're here to hone that mm-hmm. perspective over time and learn constantly and take in those new things. Um, but what I do want to encourage you towards is like, I like to picture like um, cracking something open, like making that crack a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger every step of the way um, of how can I be just a little bit more open to something being true, even though I've not experienced that for myself? How can I just, you know, watch something and let myself be that avatar of that movie that I'm watching and let myself have this, this openness of, wow, for this two hours, my truth was, you know, that every, that there's a force that we can access, you know, whatever it is, um, letting yourself just kind of crack that open, even if it's not full acceptance, full expansion of, of someone else's truth or understanding, but just letting yourself kind of crack open a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we I were wanna, kind of, oh, oh, I was going to say on that same note, cause I have a defined mind. So I'm actually not very open to taking in other people's perceptions or ideas, unless it resonates with my own perception, my own truth. And, you know, that being said, I do, I am here to hone my perception, to allow it to develop and grow and expand. And so, you know, a good example of something that I used to think was fake, like I used to think this is not true. This is false because I've never experienced it. I've never seen it or felt it or heard it. Like I used to really not connect with spirit guides. I used to think, I just don't think that that's true for me. I've never heard them. I've never seen them. So I don't think it's true. And eventually over time, enough people that I really liked and I really trusted like their integrity. I just like them as a person. They resonate with me. They were talking about spirit guides so much that I'm like, wait, what? Is it possible that this is real? Even though it's something that I've never experienced. And so my awakening to that actually first started with saying, okay, I'm open to the fact that what I have seen and and heard is not all that there is. I'm open. That doesn't mean I believe in spirit guides, right? I'm just saying I'm open to the fact that maybe I don't know the whole truth. And just that bit of openness kind of started to open this flow within me where I felt, okay, well, now that I'm open to the fact that maybe my spirit guides are real, can I hear them? Can I feel them? And, you know, that openness kind of expanded. And as time progressed, um, you know, I decided to try a free writing um, session where I sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to really connect in. I'm going to be really present. And then I'm going to ask them to come through. And I'm just going to see. And that whole time I'm open, but I still have this feeling of like, I'm not saying it's real yet, though. I'm just experimenting. I'm just open. I'm just testing the waters. And through that process, my spirit guides actually began to become extremely clear to me. Um, I was able to hear their names. I'm able to feel them. I'm able to have a complete connection with them. And over time, that openness, um, suspending my disbelief, just being curious, just experimenting, I started to let in this really, really special, profound part of my life that I'm so grateful for now. And I just feel so much like 
happier and more connected. I always feel supported because I opened my perceptions, because I allowed this new reality into my field of consciousness, because I raised my consciousness in that way to where now I'm able to perceive something that before I was closed off to. So now that I'm in this position where I am connected to my spirit guides and then other people say, I don't think spirit guides are real. I'm like, that's fine. It doesn't matter if you think they're real or not. In my reality, this is something that's meaningful to me, something that's helpful to me. It's something that I feel makes my life better. It resonates as truth for me. And I don't feel like I need to prove it to other people. I don't feel like I need to defend myself. I can allow someone else's reality and know, okay, that's not something that's a part of your reality, but it is something that's a part of mine. And like, the person who wins in that situation is me in my own reality. Like I'm the person who gets to feel more fulfilled, more connected. Um, and I don't need to kind of push that on other people or prove myself. I can just appreciate and allow the expansion and growth and connection that I've received from that process of experimenting, exploring. It's so crazy that you brought up spirit guides because this whole conversation, I've been seeing like this little white um, light floating around, like occasionally through your screen. I was like, is that a car driving by? But then I know, but it's not like in a consistent pattern. So I'm like, oh, she must have spirit guides around her is what I thought like middle halfway through this. Cause I've seen it over and over and over again, but it's not consistent. It's not the same. So I don't know what it is, but um, oh. yeah, it's crazy that you brought that up. And, you know, a good example in, um, you know, my, the physical plane, we were just talking about this before kind of is, you know, a really conditioned belief that I had that I was really closed off to years ago was that I could never own my own business. I could never be a business owner. Like there's absolutely no way, like, I don't want to have my finances tied to, you know, my own, my own success of like, you know, I have to sell this many products or else I can't pay rent. Or like, you know, I always used to think like, I would never have an idea that could be a business that I would then create a business. Like that's not for me. And then through this process and slowly opening up to, okay, well, if I did create a business, you know, what am I fascinated in? And living my design really, you know, helped illuminate that for me. But then it was, okay, well, let me create something and see if, you know, it resonates and it helps people. And let me create another thing. And I'm really interested in this. So let me create that and just see if it resonates. And, you know, now looking back, it's like, we have so many different products and offerings and, and facets of our business that, I completely resonate with being a business owner, but that's something that I was totally, I would have shut that down in a heartbeat years ago. And it's not like I woke up one day and I'm just like, boom, I'm a business owner and I want to, you know, be in control of my own reality and my own truth and finances and everything. It's not like that happened overnight. And I'm not saying by any means that that's the goal for everyone in life at all, because it's not. But it's been one step at a time and one cracking open, letting that light in at a time of like, that was my truth behind my conditioning. If you think of like your conditioning, like this wall that's in front of you and your truth is behind you, it's this bright light. It's like slowly cracking that wall open and making space and making that, that space grow to where your light can finally shine through. Yeah. Um, 
And then looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, there's not even a wall there. Like, I can't even believe that there was a wall there before, but it's not something that just, you know, you come and you bulldoze and now boom, the wall's gone and you're there. Yeah. So much of, I do want to say it can be that because it can happen that quickly for some people it does. There's multiple truths. You know what I mean? Like it's, it can and it it can't be. So it's really whatever the fuck you want it to be. (laughs) Yes. For me, raising my consciousness, raising my vibration has looked like a series of meeting limiting beliefs and transcending them. And that takes intention. Like that took, you know, bravery and openness. And it's scary because it's the unknown. It's something new. It's not something that other people um, can see or feel because it's within your own energy field. Um, but then you kind of look back and you're like, I like it up here. Like I love this consciousness level because I feel so much more free. I feel so much more accepting and loving and able to serve with clarity instead of having all of these limiting beliefs, like smothering your energy and holding you down. Yeah. And I think a lot of what holds people back is that with anything is, is seeing, okay, well, if I, take on this limiting belief and and really challenge it, then I'm going to have to take on 20 more. And like, that's too much to take on. And I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to stay where I am, where I'm comfortable. Or they say, you know, oh, well, if I want to have a business or if I want to launch this thing, then I have to do all of these other things. And like, all of that has to work out and go well. So I'm not even going to start. And it's that kind of um, perception of what you're going to have to do that keeps you from being present in this moment of what you're really facing right now. And, and if your truth is guiding you to overcome it or not, um, Mm -hmm. or if your truth is guiding you to move through it or not. And so a lot of times that stops people is, is that fear of all the things that are going to come. And so it's like, okay, today, what, what limiting belief is facing me and how can I meet it there and move through it? Or today, what's a step that I want to take towards honoring my purpose and honoring my dharma and honoring my truth. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean like, oh, well, if my dharma and my truth deep down, I feel is that, you know, I'm here to be Oprah and like change the world. That means that I have to like go network and I have to go call producers and like figure out how to run a magazine and blah, blah, blah. Like that's where our mind goes. And it's like, no, no, no. What's in front of you right now? How does your body feel about it? And I swear to God, I say those two lines <laughs> like probably 50 times a day at this point. <laughs> but it's it's just, it's the truth. It's the answer to freaking mostly everything. And also it's not because there's multiple truths and multiple realities. So this whole conversation has been a total <laughs> just like... And, and, you know, I also kind of wanted to wrap up with saying, you know, this whole conversation, if you've made it through this far, then you're probably on the same vibe as us. You're like, yeah, I'm wanting to expand my reality. I'm wanting to open myself up to seeing higher truths. I want to feel for myself. Is this meaningful and helpful for me? Does it resonate for me? Instead of looking to an expert, looking to my conditioning to tell me, is this true or false? Um, Anyone who's made it this far in this conversation is someone who is on this level. And I just kind of wanted to end with saying, you might really love human design. You might be in this spiritual place where you're connected with your spirit guides or, you know, whatever it is for you, right. In your version of reality. And then you might feel like, but my friends and family aren't into human design. My partner is not into human design. Like I love it, but my husband is, you know, totally against it. So there can feel like, 
this this discord there that you feel like everyone else's reality has to be like yours. Um, and you know, it's really knowing and embracing the fact that you get to have your own reality. You get to hone your own version of reality. You're the person who gets to play in that reality and expand and be more connected um, to to spirituality and to the divine. That's a beautiful thing. And allowing other people to have that same experience, not feeling like you need to control the reality of those that you love, but instead just holding space for exactly where they're at and knowing that their journey in raising their vibration and, you know, evolving, that's their journey. And how can you just focus on your own journey? How can you focus on that and then give love and support to other people exactly where they're at without feeling like you you have to force everyone else to be in the same place that you're at. So a lot of times people ask us that question, like I'm in a a relationship, I'm super into human design, my partner's not, and I need them to be, I wish they were, how do I make them into human design? And, you know, it's really about just like being so clear and confident in your own version of reality saying human design is something that supports me. And so I focus on it every day. I'm loving that journey. I'm loving expanding my reality. I'm loving the places that I'm growing to. I'm loving the limiting beliefs that I'm releasing. It feels amazing. And, you know, once you really get super clear about your design and who you are, you become this pillar of strength. You become this energetic support system for the people around you to do the same. So it's not your job to kind of pressure people to know about their human design. It's your job to implement it into your own life. It's your job to hone your own version of reality and simply hold space for other people and let them experiment on their own. Let them be their own authority to feel what is meaningful for them, what is truth for them and not. Um, Cause that's the goal is I love my own version of reality. I love that I'm an individual. I love that I have my own capital T truth and I embrace that everyone else is designed to have their own truth. That's a beautiful thing. And when we allow ourselves to do that and vibrate at our truest, most authentic frequency, that naturally creates harmony it's not going to be discord because someone else believes in something than, different than we do. It actually is harmonious. It works that way. That that diversity within our different realities is how we actually find harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put it so perfectly um, with, when you wrote this down of like, start with yourself, experiment, feel for yourself, and then hold space for others. And that's, I think, the 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 key with with all of this. And I think it's been one of the driving forces with what our purpose is and with creating De Luna and creating, you know, leaning into our Dharma is helping people to start with themselves, experiment, feel for themselves, and then be able to hold space for others because that, that part of it, holding space for others, because you have acceptance of yourself, um, that's the magic. That's how we change the world. Like us as a collective, like all of us, Literally, you change the world when you hold space for the people in your life to be their own authority, to experiment on their own, and to hear their own truth. And you can only do that when you've done that for yourself. So I'm just excited. This conversation has been really fun. And um, we have been creating a bunch of new offerings for you guys because our time is so limited. And that's been something that we've been kind of navigating of how can we connect with you guys um, even more, even though we don't have enough time. Because right now, I mean, we love 
freaking love meeting with you guys one-on-one. We love doing readings. It's literally a joy to see this information transform your lives and apply it to your lives. Um, But we just don't have enough time in a day to meet with all the people that we want to meet with. Because right now, I think we're booking in June, which is really far. Um, So we have created some video readings that we are going to start offering on our website in the next week or so, um, or a few weeks. And this, the point of these and the reason why we wanted to create them, it basically covers everything that we would talk about in the first half of your reading based on your type and your strategy. And it's not just talking about things that you can find on the internet or things that you might've seen on somebody else's videos or anything like that. It's really talking about what is the daily practice of honoring your, your design. And what is the daily practice of honoring your strategy and your type? And what does that really look like day to day? And how can you really interact with people day to day? So these videos are are um, very um, in-depth and it's what we talk about in a reading. Regardless of your channels and your gates and your cross of incarnation, it's the most important part of the reading actually because when you implement this, in conjunction with your authority, um, then all of the other stuff falls into place. And it's not something that you have to have awareness of. Obviously, the most comprehensive thing is going to be getting a reading, no matter what, because we get to talk about all your channels and gates and cross of incarnation. Um, but hopefully, eventually, we'll be offering some things in regards to, to those um, as well. But for now, if you can't book a reading because of uh, money or you can't book a reading because of time. Um, we recommend starting with these video readings because it's honestly everything that we, we talk about in the first half. So we wanted to create that so that way we could connect with you guys even more because we're just us two and we don't have enough time to meet with you guys every, um, as much as we'd like basically. Yeah. So we're super excited to continue connecting with you guys. We're super grateful that we're on this journey together. Um, we love being able to talk about this weird stuff and be able to share it with you guys. Cause we know you're like right there with us, um, on our same wavelength, on our same frequency. And we're sending you guys so much love. It, you know where to find us on our Instagram at Dayluna. That you can connect with us on our website at daylunalife.com. That's where you can go to book a reading to look at all of our different offerings. Our video readings are um, going to be on our, our website. You can reach out to us, email us at hello at daylunalife.com. And wherever you guys are, I hope you're having a beautiful day. We're sending you so much love and gratitude. <laughs>